Brent, she said, holding my hand, your best bet is to not ask a lot of questions. It makes people nervous. This was far beyond anything I could have imagined. Her disappointment at not being the one to pull the trigger especially stunned me. This was the woman whose tender mercies had rescued me from the deep despair that had come to dominate my life. After months of starting each morning in abject dolor, I now awakened with a smile, ready to take on the day. At night, I sailed off to blissful sleep in Robin's embrace, as often as not in a tangle of sheets from our frenzied lovemaking. It had been my plan to take off with her to conquer distant horizons, filling the world with little versions of myself along the way. I had not pictured murder, and yet here I was, fully immersed in Jerry's violent death. Making it even worse, the surveillance tape in Shay's pocket would have my image set in high-definition clarity. Even though I hadn't been the one to pull the trigger, the tape would be enough to guarantee an accessory conviction and a lengthy incarceration. Shay held it before me as the stream of rabbits milled around our feet, searching for an exit. The tape was an unspoken threat. I had been put on notice. Survival instincts took over. Oh, man, I said. We've got to do something. Already taken care of, Shay smiled, slapping me on the back. What say we go get a beer? A dull, whooshing sound came from deep in the lab, followed by another. The concussions testified to the power of the bombs. This situation was getting worse by the minute. The rabbits began a panicked scream as they now raced in chaos in search of escape. This was unbelievable. The very animals we had come to rescue were now in jeopardy, and from our own hands. How did this serve our purpose? Chapter 2 Portland was the latest stop on my uncertain road to reclaim life. It was a chance to toss out an anchor and hope it caught on something. Maybe my last chance. The medical community was hopelessly understaffed, especially in my field of critical care. But with a track record as checkered as mine, employment opportunities were not given out freely. Midtown Charity Hospital had put out the doormat. They were desperate enough in their search for an ICU specialist to take a chance on a two-time loser who was on a steady downhill streak. Midtown offered a decent position with a livable salary. The money was nothing like my more level-headed colleagues enjoyed, but I felt lucky to have a job. If I kept at it for the next two or three natural lifespans, I could pay off my debts and maybe even quit cursing my parents for having brought me into this miserable existence. Not likely, I suppose, but everyone has to have a dream. I had just finished a brief stint in medical hell, working in a small-town clinic in the Midwest where the only thing surpassing the greed of my colleagues was their incompetence. Day after day, I helplessly watched as the clinic's patients were horribly mistreated falling for every expensive alternative treatment imaginable. I often ended up picking up the pieces if the patients lived long enough to make it to the hospital. Early release from my employment contract was expensive, but there was no choice. There was no way I could finish the terms of my commitment. I hated myself for being even a small part of such an injustice. The termination payoff soared my personal version of the national debt to stratospheric heights, but it was the best money I'd ever spent, or borrowed, as the case might be. In a small town where the majority of people still had faith in others, where the golden rule was still part of their naive existence, 
The casual way my colleagues separated patients from their money struck me as an act of extreme malevolence. Each day I spent at the inappropriately named Great Plains Healing Clinic had aged me far more than the 24-hour time span should have done, bringing me closer to the welcome end of what had become my existence. Somewhere, though, deep in my brain and way past all reasonable expectations, a foolish dream lived, a dream that I could find the tiniest bit of happiness before that final day arrived. It was clear, though, that it wouldn't happen as long as I was employed by doctors without consciences. There had been other interviews before I signed on with Great Plains, but most employers were alarmed by my status and shied away in favor of physicians with less sullied pasts. Those that had made an offer couldn't come close to what they put on the table. Great Plains' array of cash-paying, alternative treatments raised their bottom line to a point where the clinic could offer a...